Hi there, welcome to this week's episode of the podcast with me, Russell Davis. Often can, we can feel a bit left out in life, as if others are getting on with their lives, progressing in a better way than us, maybe having families and we're not, or further in their career we're feeling a bit left behind. Sometimes we can feel like we don't truly fit in, we don't really belong. Why is that? And what we can, can we do to help ourselves feel like we do belong, we are worthy? Despite our circumstances, in this episode we're looking at how you can feel worthy for who you are. things I can see for my clients in my own life is quite often I can see an unconscious desire or need to fit in, to be accepted. It's like there's a fear of being left out or being alone. Ultimately sometimes unconsciously it's a fear of dying alone on the streets. I know it's not a conscious thought but unconsciously is that fear of not being safe and secure within the tribe, to be a valued member of the community, to be seen as worthy, acceptable. And this is, look back at my life, I can see how it's shown up in many ways. I remember my first men's weekend I went to, how I felt inadequate, I didn't feel I would fit in, I didn't feel as good enough as a man compared to the others. Um, Turns out I am, it was a great weekend and open up my life to, to many years of, of men's work but but there is this unconscious fear of not fitting in fear of not being connected fear of being lonely came to the fore also in our fertility journey our 10 years of of infertility and exploring having a baby and those who don't know yes we had our son uh, against all odds but it's easy to at that stage of life when friends having families and you're not and you can feel a bit left out, left behind as if you don't fit in and it can tap into a part of our brain that thinks our survival is dependent on fitting in of course as an adult, no that's not true but growing up, well there's three parts of our brain the oldest part of our brain is the top of our spinal cord it's the fight or flight response, it's pure survival it's known as the reptilian brain because that part of our brain has the same structure as reptiles' brains. The wrapped around that in our brain's development is what's called the mammalian brain. The middle part of our brain has the same structure as mammals' brains. Mammals are pack animals. As a mammal, your survival is dependent on being part of a pack. That's one mammal in the wild. Not talking about a pet dog, but you know, wolves and, and, and pack animals, mammals. In the wild, your survival is dependent on being an accepted member of the pack. If you're cut away from the tribe or excluded from the tribe, the pack, then your survival is, is pretty much under threat. The wrapped around that our brain's development is the cortex, the human brain. By emotional intelligence, is not fully formed to later teenage years. So prior to that, the mammalian brain is quite dominant. So growing up, we often think, Unconsciously, our survival is dependent on being an accepted member of the tribe. 
And if we think there's not, sometimes when there's conflict in the house, as so we think the tribe's under threat, it's going to be broken up. Or if there's unfair expectations, or any expectations, or unfair expectations, any expectations on us, either overtly or subtly or unconsciously, then we start thinking what we need to think to be an accepted member of the tribe. So for me, my mum was very strict, had very high expectations of us. If I didn't behave in the right way, she was disappointed with me or angry with me. As a child, I didn't feel loved. I didn't feel safe in the tribe. The mammalian part of my brain started to freak out. I started to think what I needed to think or do what I needed to do to feel safe in the tribe, for her to be, to be pleased with me. I guess as a kid, we're craving for our parents to be proud of us, our caregivers to be proud of us. And it's not just our parents and the family unit, obviously that is a very influential tribe growing up. It could be the friendship circle in the school. They're forms of tribe. It could be other kind of influential kind of adults in our lives. It's that part of our brain growing up does everything it can to fit in, to be accepted, for people to be proud of us, to prove our worth, to prove our value. So that the main part of our brain thinks our position in the tribe is safe. So ultimately, it thinks our survival and security is safe. What happens is, in doing that, we start focusing on what's outside of us as that source of security and well-being. So for me, I was okay if my mum thought I was okay. If she was happy with me, if I'd upset her. But then it became my teachers, my friends, my employers. I became a people pleaser. I was looking on the outside world for the right criteria, circumstances, to feel safe and secure on the inside. That's what I call living outside in. And we're looking in the wrong place, that feeling of safety and security, because it's within us. Ultimately, nothing on the outside world makes us feel anything on the inside. We live in the experience of our thinking. It's our perception of the outside world. It's the meaning we attach to it. It's our thoughts about it that creates our internal experience, nothing else. In the same way, a child might have a teddy bear, the teddy bear doesn't make them feel safe. It's an inanimate object. It's the child's thinking about the teddy bear creates a feeling of safety and security within them. So unconsciously, we, live, we begin to live what I call more outside in. And unfortunately, we live in a world that perpetuates this outside inness. By this, you'll feel good. An education system that largely perpetuates outside in this, get good exam results, you'll be made for life. And often it's built upon fear. It was my mum's fear of me not being happy in life that fueled her high standards, her strictness. It was fear. It's fear that, that kind of fuels this outside in this in all areas of life performance related pay, even say sales bonuses, all sorts of areas, sticker charts. It's almost a fear of people not being okay or getting a message or performing that we start to control their behaviour by giving this outside in this, this reward, you're okay if you do this. And the focus goes on the outside circumstances rather than actually connecting to the truth of who you are, knowing you're okay. We know this as an adult. 
We know our survival is not dependent on what people think of us. We cognitively know that as an adult. But the unconscious part of us, the habitual thinking from childhood that started in all innocence but continues out of habit, doesn't realise that. Which is why we have this kind of duality, this dichotomy often as an adult that we get frustrated with ourselves, that we hold ourselves back. We get frustrated with ourselves, that we wipe out things we know we don't need to wipe out them. It's because that little part of us is still trying to feel safe and secure in the pie, in the tribe, in the pack. It's still trying to create the external criteria it thinks it needs to be okay on the inside. But we are okay on the inside. We're born that. No child is born more worthy than another child. If you look at a baby, when's the last time you had a baby and thought they weren't worthy? Babies told us don't compare themselves to others. They just know they're okay. It's an innate well-being we're born with. And that's the part of us we touch or taste when moments of flow. We have less on our mind and we're just in a state of being. We drop back into this default staying. We're not questioning our okayness. We're not questioning our worthiness. We're not comparing whether ourselves with others. We're just in a state of flow of being okay. We're living more inside out. We're making decisions more instinctively, more naturally. We're just in a quieter mind, in a place of okayness. And that's actually when we feel the safest. That's the place where we perform our best. We just have more ease in life. And we're born with that state. It's actually our default setting. It may not be how our habitual settings are this habitual thinking from childhood that thinks our okayness is dependent on something on the outside. But actually we are okay on the inside. And a moment's acquire we connect to that. And we feel more connected to others in that quieter mind space. We feel deeply connected to others when we're just being with them. We're listening with a quiet mind. We're hearing beyond the words. We feel connected to them. And they feel connected when they have a quieter mind, they sense our connection, it's quite, it's quite um, attractive, it's quite, um, my mind's gone black in the word, it's effectuous, you know, if you have a quiet mind, it can impact others, it helps them have a quieter mind, when you feel quiet and grounded and listen from that way, it helps them quieten their mind and feel more connected in that way. So a feeling of connection comes from a state of being, a state of being, it's natural state. When we have a busy mind, we feel disconnected. So we're no longer in the present moment to feel connected to another soul, another person in this moment. We need to be in the moment, present to them in the moment. But our busy mind is all about the past and future thinking. Worry and fear is all future thinking. So we're born with this innate state of well-being. Our heart and soul knows we're okay. We have that habitual thinking that as a fear of being left out, fear of not being good enough. My imposter syndrome. I got a degree in imposter syndrome. <laughs> um, yeah, a lot of my life I lived with imposter syndrome. But it's habitual thinking from childhood. It's not truth, it's not reality. It feels true, don't get me wrong. The emotions are real, but the emotions are thoughts that have come alive into our nervous system. Emotions are telling us we've gone into la-la land in our head. When we're present and grounded, we have a state of flow. We don't have a strong emotion. And that's when we feel connected. That's when we feel part of something bigger. Because ultimately I believe we are part of something bigger. So we're born into this feeling of being, this connection, this 
oneness. But it's our learned thinking from misunderstandings from childhood that doesn't see it that way. That things we need to do something or be something different to feel okay on the inside. You're born with an innate well-being. The more we see through the illusion of this thinking, the more we understand the nature of it, it's just a hang up from child, it's not who we are. And it's not the fact our childhood caused that we can't change it because we can't change our childhood. No, it still lives in this moment. The past doesn't exist. There's no such thing as mental scar tissue. It's thinking in this moment, habitual thinking in this moment, nothing else. It's not who you are, it's not your identity, it's not your DNA. It's habitual thoughts in this moment. And the more we can see them for what they are, they can have less power over us. It's not about not thinking you can't do that. It's about seeing the true nature of thought, giving it less credence, not giving it a second thought. That takes the power out of it. You're okay. You're part of something bigger. You belong. You're worthy. It's a birthright. It's a birthright. Loving you.